And okay, we are rolling. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the High Button Podcast. I am very, very excited about this podcast. The two guests we have coming on, Andre and Joe Laloon. Uh, when mentioning elite lacrosse players here in the beautiful province of Nova Scotia, you mentioned these two fellas. Uh, I grew up playing against them. I absolutely hated playing against them just because how good they were. But at the same time, I loved competing against them because it brought the best out of me. I'm excited that they're here. We're going to sit down, talk. They've done some traveling around the world uh, more than me regarding lacrosse tournaments, camps, um, whatever it may be. So I'm excited to talk about some experiences that they've had around the world with the beautiful game of lacrosse. It's going to be a great podcast. Sit tight, and here we go. Okay, now we're going. I'm sorry. Little technical difficulties to start. We're going now. I'm going to ask the exact same question. I'm going to give the exact same intro, so here we go. Um, so yeah, like I said before, before the microphones weren't on, um, I feel lacrosse was introduced to you guys at a young age. I started playing when I was like 15. Um, you guys were, I hated playing against you because you guys were incredible, uh, but you also brought the best out of me competition-wise. So um, I feel like lacrosse was introduced to you at a young age. I was like 15. How old were you guys and how was the game introduced to you guys uh, at a young age? Uh, so, <laughs> uh, my, our dad is from Vancouver, from Burnaby. He grew up there, grew up playing lacrosse His two younger brothers. Um, they both played in the WLA. And so we got exposed to lacrosse probably between like eight and 10, um, just doing family trips out West. We'd always pick up a stick. We have a cousin that's our age, Bryson. And, um, yeah, we, that's that was our first introduction. And every time we'd go out, we'd always go watch games and we'd always have a stick in our hands and then we actually brought lacrosse sticks back from vancouver to halifax because there you couldn't get anything here in the city um and then we would just start playing at uh, actually at oxford school um mm-hmm. just throwing the ball against the wall that was the easiest place to do it our grandmother lived right next door cool and um and ian higgins and john gogan and all those guys were out that area too and they got into it eventually, and that's where we kept playing was in Oxford and oh, yeah. Doorsbrook Box and stuff like that. So. so you guys had a group of friends at a young age that played. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't have that. Mm-hmm. It was Jasper that lived one street over. <laughs> but everyone has a wall, I find. Everyone has like a school, a wall that they always go to. Oh, yeah. And your guys' was Oxford. Uh, yeah, at first, because like we would, we would just be at our grandmother's house, and it was so easy to just bring our sticks with us. We always had our sticks everywhere that we went. It was just nice to have like have your stick in your hand, but we just wanted to have it with us all the time too. So if we knew we were going to be by anywhere that had a brick wall or a concrete slab, we would try to bring our sticks with us so we could just be always practicing and trying to get better. There was another spot that we always used to use too in Herring Cove. There's a volunteer fire uh, fire department. Hall, yeah. And they have a, a basketball court. Yeah. And we used to go play Ding the Post. Well, oh, really? Yeah. That would work on your aim. Yeah. So aiming straight up and down along the, you got to hit the post if you don't. I remember that feeling when you talked about like when you first started playing lacrosse and you would always have your stick in your hands. Mm -hmm. I had that feeling too. It was almost like any other sport. You carry a football, basketball. When you first start playing, I always had my stick in my hand. And I, to this day, I think is that that's what made me uh, a better player at a young age, just always having my stick in my hand. Well, you just get more and more used to to the movement of the stick in your hand and the feel. And it just makes it so much easier when you're on the on the floor because you don't have to think about what you're doing. Of Mm -hmm. course. Yeah, we got to a point where we had enough people 
at like our elementary school who are playing and they all got introduced to it and kind of, and it was a lot of hockey guys too, right? They didn't have much to do in the summer. Either they played soccer or they maybe did like hockey camps and stuff like that in the summer. But we tried to expose lacrosse as like a, an opportunity to like still be really active, do stuff that's going to make you better at the sport that you like at that point, which was hockey. And uh, we got a lot of a lot of guys coming out with you know cut out cut out the palms of their hockey gloves so they could feel the stick a bit better and mm. um, yeah we just had a lot of guys at school doing it so we, we got to the point where we would like bring our sticks to school and throw the ball around at whatever recess recess and lunch and stuff like that yeah so. that was well at our school it was Wayne Fink you guys know Wayne right yeah, of course. so at Rockingham he was the one that introduced the lacrosse to our school and then like you guys just said then everyone mm. saw the stick wanted to start playing mm, some yeah. kids fell off because they were not tough enough i guess whatever <laughs> and then some kids kept going so who was like the wayne fink for you guys because he was he was the introductee to i think was it was your our, father i think it was her dad yeah, yeah. definitely he dad. he was the one who started uh well that those days it was the heron cove uh, lacrosse club before it became the halifax southwest hurricanes okay. um so he was kind of one of the the, the pioneers uh, for our area anyway for sure yeah and um yeah he just did a, like such a good job of well, getting us to fall in love with it and then being kind of ambassadors for the area and getting more guys involved and like guys who are diehard hockey players, we got them out and running around and throwing the ball around and then they started really liking it too. And it just kind of spread like that. And it was kind of like a bit of wildfire um, for a new sport in the city, which is really cool to see, but it was wildfire. Mm-hmm. I remember that first summer I played every, Every single hockey guy that I played with was out there. Yeah. And like I said, some fell off, some stayed. But for that first year, maybe even second year, everyone played. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys ever have the experience of like talking to someone that didn't play that long? And they're like, ah, I could have played this game. Like They always hold a stick like, I should have played. I, oh, I should have. Yeah. Like whenever I'm I here. I still run into people in Quebec and they're like, man, I always wanted to play. But mm-hmm. like we never had an opportunity here. And it's weird to hear that from Quebecers because, well, we're, they don't really play that much. It's anyway. not popular in Quebec? Not that much. It's getting a bit better, but uh, like overall, I would say it's it's not at the same level as even Nova Scotia. Really, yeah. I would have thought I would have thought different. But you see a lot of guys like pick it up like it's an egg and a spoon, and <laughs> and they want to throw it around. <laughs> and it's pretty. It's fun. It's fun to see people get exposed like that. But you're always kind of like giggling in the background because you know what it takes to actually like play at a high level, and and they want to just jump right into it, and that's that's great too. But mm. Uh, they think you, really they think they like can that. take you on, but they've never played. They're like, yeah, but I played football. And yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, it's not quite the same yeah. thing. Well, we've had because that uh, when we went to school at Bishops, we had uh, you know lots of practices and lots of guys who are ex- and exposed to the sport, and we had some guys try to cross over from other backgrounds, and they they kind of fell off too. They didn't they didn't yeah. make the cut. Uh, you know, it's a, <laughs> they it's were a there for a little bit, is. but. Yeah, a lot of running, a lot of hand-eye coordination, a lot of contact, and yeah, it, it you know takes a different different type of guy to play a bit. Yeah, well, that was my next question is because before I even played lacrosse, I played hockey, and I found not a lot of my skill set in lacrosse translated over from hockey, but definitely a good chunk of it. Um, did you guys ever play another sport before uh, jumping right into lacrosse? Yeah, a lot of soccer growing up. Um, that would help. Yeah, Quick just with, like running and footwork, and I mean, hockey was our hockey, main yeah. sport as well, though. Was like, it? Like I played hockey until I was twelve years old. And Talking then, to the mic, sorry. Just, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so I played hockey until I was twelve years old, and then after that, I, I just kind of fell off be- of hockey because I got introduced to lacrosse, and lacrosse was going to be my main sport from now on. I, 
I just fell in love with it. So yeah, I remember. I, I don't know how old we were, but I think uh, at a certain point, like our parents kind of sat us down and we're like, okay, like you guys need to make a choice here between soccer or lacrosse, and because it was the same season, so we were missing lacrosse games to go play soccer and vice versa. Okay. And so at a certain point, our parents are just like you know driving probably all over the province trying to get us to different (laughs) different sports events for two sons like in the same almost same age um so we had to make a choice and we had actually like a really good conversation i remember it about which sport we would want to choose and ultimately we picked lacrosse and i think it was like one of the best decisions i've ever made (laughs) in my life my (laughs) short life but uh yeah like the conversation we had was there's so many kids playing soccer and for a Canadian soccer player, there's not a ton of opportunity to like go too far with a sport. You can go play university and, but even those spots are like pretty coveted. They're hard to come by. They're hard to get scholarships for. And then for lacrosse, it's it like, if you're a Canadian playing lacrosse and you can go anywhere in the world and tell someone you're a Canadian lacrosse player, there's probably a community there for you. That's going to, you know, take you in and let you come and, and, play with them or you know whatever so there's there was so much more opportunity for us with this sport to keep going with it and then to kind of leave soccer behind and just keep playing hockey for fun but yeah we that was kind of like a nice turning point for us to to take a sport seriously and and run with it Mm. that's good i remember playing the the game for uh the first time like coming away from hockey because i was always a one sport athlete and being able to jump from sport because i never played any other sports oh no soccer nothing i played soccer for like 20 minutes (laughs) you know it wasn't that and i just remember yeah being able to jump over from sport to sport and just being ecstatic because honestly in my opinion i thought i was more skilled at lacrosse than i was hockey and i i was i just loved it so much more and once uh it was actually funny once i had a conversation with your dad and sean harrison and I actually learned the game because mm-hmm. I knew the game, but I didn't know the game. You, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the systems and all that thing. Mm-hmm. And then the the passion that your dad uh, talked about the game and how it was played back then. That was honestly a whole other aspect. I'll never forget. It was that team when we mm-hmm. went to BC right. mm-hmm. when we were young. And uh, and he kind of gave the team a little bit of history about the game and, and within and the put province. put some spirit into all of us. That was Yeah, it was... And at a young age, with a new sport, I think in hockey is like going to be my sport and things like that. And hearing that from another, um, you know, guy like your dad, it I was hooked right then and there. Mm-hmm. It's like they say when you're a surfer and you catch a wave for the first time, you're addicted. Mm. Well, when I put a ball in, in the back of a net for a lacrosse game, I was hooked instantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. we do that a few more thousand times, and yeah, you got a you got an issue. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, a good issue. Hard to let go. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's talk about bishops here. That's a uh, I, what do I say? Like a heavyweight. That's it's a great school to play lacrosse at. Mm-hmm. By the way, love the jerseys, the purple yeah. and the stripe. Oh yeah, you guys love them too. I'm, I'm guessing those oh, are yeah. good. We did some work to get those jerseys. What yeah. do you mean? Um, in my, I guess it was my third year. We started a like board of directors, and I was uh, I was on that board of directors for the for the lacrosse team, and we just wanted to. We knew we had something there. We knew we had a really great team going into the next season. And we wanted to look the part too. So uh, I think there was probably like six members on the board of directors and we made a real effort to work with Nike to get full packs. So we had everything like sweatpants, shorts, uh, t-shirts, long sleeves, sweaters, 
and then the jerseys uh we had everything put together and we were really happy about it because we look we look good (laughs) we We played the part look good feel good play good so i'm a huge believer in that by the way (laughs) it's it's true yeah um so what, what was it like going to school up there you guys like it? It was a, <laughs> a, an experience of a lifetime. Everyone sure. says that. It was an experience. <laughs> that was my second best decision in my life. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was like, I'm obviously older than Andre, so, um, but we started doing like combines in like through like North, uh, Northeastern Ontario or Northeastern uh, U.S. Because my goal is to go to the States to play any divisional across um, NCAA and so we started going to do different combines all through like Maine and Vermont and New Hampshire and so Massachusetts sick. and all this kind of stuff. And we got to meet a lot of different coaches and play against kids from everywhere. Like we played against kids from Texas and California and Long Island everywhere. Yeah, and like all these hotbeds for lacrosse and great players. And um, yeah, we kind of got to exposed to a different world there. And in, in what sense? Like, how did you get exposed to a different world? Just like hearing well, stories. Everybody from them? here plays well, box style lacrosse, yeah, and in the states they play field style lacrosse, and it's mm-hmm. a completely different style. Yeah, it's and more slow and set up, and then more fake dodges, like soccer, right? and it's more like a, a mind game, if you will. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it was it was really cool to like actually see a completely different style of play, and like yeah, like you said, like a little bit more kind of lethargic but they're fast and they can shoot from anywhere and they'll Mm -hmm. score from any angle and to just see the sport a little bit differently like that and like coming from nova scotia everyone kind of has a very similar style of play um so actually to get to get to try a a different way to get to like run against long poles like you know bigger sticks and like to shoot on a bigger net you just kind of you get an extra sense of um uh like how to play the sport differently basically mm-hmm. but when we were doing these combines um yeah we got to meet all these different coaches from like juco and Div- division one two II, and three and then uh happened to meet some canadian coaches there too and one of the coaches at the time uh paul lehman was the bishops head like bishops coach and so we started chatting with him and um really in the end of the at the end of the day it came down to money and for a very similar sport experience we were able to stay in canada go to school for a quarter of the price and play in a, at a really great program. Mm-hmm. So, uh, there was a, later, like a few, few months later, or whatever. Um, we had some, like another Bishop's coach come to Halifax to do an advanced coaching course. And we, I think it was like the under 19 field team got to run with them. And, uh, that was just like a second exposure to the same coach. And at that point I kind of knew that I was going to go there and then I went up and did a visit and it, they like played two games in a weekend and they like smoked both the teams. I think it was Queens and Carlton and they just like dusted them. And I was like, I think I can do this. This like, is a legit I can, team. I'm going to come here for yeah. sure. When you guys, you're talking about like going away to these other places and playing lacrosse against great players. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever had any like really humbling experiences? Because <laughs> our first international tournament that I ever played when we went to BC and played against Ontario, one of the most humbling frustrating experiences of my life because coming from nova scotia there's not that many people and 
you know, we're considered better big fish here. Exactly. And then, you go to the big and then I just remember playing against <laughs> Ontario and BC and just being like, my life is nothing. Like I'm nothing. Yeah. I am absolutely nothing. So you guys That's are great. Not true, Justin. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, not yeah. True. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but you guys, have you guys ever had a, a humbling experience, like a story, maybe going away in the states, playing against some best world talent, anything like that? Well, a really big humbling experience for me was when I went to Orangeville, Ontario, because those guys were incredible Next players. Level guys. They're, it's a completely different level than anything I've ever seen. So give me like that. What does that mean? Next level? Because when I look at your stick skills and I look at the Next way you play the game. Next level means that they're still playing today. <laughs> they're playing in the NLL. Bro. Oh, okay. Okay. I and thought like, you meant back then. Okay. Well, All back then yeah. they were already NLL ready, ready to go. To the NLL like they knew they were gonna go so then what's the difference between an NLL player and you guys right now because when I'm watching on or not you guys now but when you played they just they don't have to think at all they just know like they've they've been through every situation that can ever happen in a game so they've already experienced it and they know the proper way to deal with the experience like if it's a two-on-o or a two-on-one or whatever they they already know what they have to do they it's don't have to memory. think which is mm-hmm. not the same thing that happens here because we haven't had that many games Exposure, compared yeah. to them. So when we're on a, a playing defense, two guys coming down on us, we're like, do I go for the ball? Do I go for the, the pick up the other guy? And they just already know. So yeah. then they don't have to worry about that. So then they can think about uh, maybe I can, as I'm doing this, I can try and like pick off the pass or like they just have a different step that they can do because they don't have to think about the first step that we still have to think about. Yeah. They're in like flow state. Yeah. You know, when you get, get in the zone and you like, we've all been there where you have like such a great game and everything is going well Yeah, for them. It's like always like that. Mm-hmm. They're doing above and beyond what we're doing at our best. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just, like you said, it's just time and exposure and reps and they've just had more, more time playing against better guys and mm-hmm. i think that's ultimately what it comes down to like for us when we played we played you guys like northwest southwest that was always kind of like the big game for us uh but then when you play in like no offense to these other clubs but when you play like a truro team and it's mostly like just hockey guys out there running around yeah. like that's not enough exposure to good teams for yeah. us to like improve right you need like to be they may have one or two good players but yeah. It's not the same thing as playing against a full squad of yeah. really good guys. And we just played you guys all the time. We'd, you know, your record would be sore. Oh, oh. That's, that's, a, that's, that's a low blow right there. But I know what you mean. It's if you play if you played like a Northwest every single game, mm-hmm. maybe you'd be a little. At least the province well, would be like I, yeah. for me growing up. I probably wouldn't have been a very good lacrosse player if I didn't have an older brother. Oh, because like I, the al- I always played with him and his friends and John Gogan and Ian Higgins and all those guys. So I was always having to step my game up to be able to hang out with them. Because let's be honest, if I was really crappy, they'd be like, just stay home. <laughs> <laughs> so I wanted to hang out with the big boys. So that that is what made me a better player. And otherwise, I, I'm sure I wouldn't have been as good of a player and had the opportunities that I had. But starting off, I was playing with good players or more experienced players, so mm-hmm. I had to step my game up. Yeah, and I think even, like, the opportunities to go down to do combines and stuff and, like, play with other guys and jump on other, like, rosters. And, like, we tried to kind of travel as much as we could with the sport. And, like, I, I did a travel team with a bunch of guys from New Brunswick at one point. That's um, cool. The Rum Runners. Yeah, and then like isn't even, that a movie? Uh, uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> but it wasn't named after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but yeah, like, just like trying to play with as many guys as possible. And like, I always like in the Southwest team, like I always used to play up whenever I could. Like, and I, that was kind of my, play like up a, yeah, I would play it. Like when I was a midget, I played like junior, junior did games. Did you do the same? And, yeah, I did the same. I would always jump on their team if they needed guys. That was so good for, I did it too with Northwest. It yeah. was just so good for development. Because then you go back down and you're playing against guys your own size, and you're yeah, like, and "It's easy at that." You laugh as hard as these other guys. <laughs> yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, then like going to Bishops and then being able to like be there for the first year and kind of come back and like tell tell Dre about it and like tell him the experience and uh, when he told me that he was going to come, I was kind of. To be honest, I was like a little iffy about it. I was like, "Oh, why?" Well, I think it was just kind of like I would had got away from home, and I was like, you know, on my own kind of thing. And it was it was good. But then when when Dre actually like came first semester, like I was really pumped about it. I was really excited to yeah. be able to play with him again because um, at that point he had gone to uh, uh, to New West out like in. Uh, in uh, New Westminster in, Van- in Vancouver. So we like weren't playing in the same, uh, like in the same year in here in Halifax. So then to like be able to get to play again at Bishops, that was, that was awesome. And uh, we kind of tried, tried to run with like the same style that we had uh, in Southwest where it was like Trey would feed the ball and I would try to score as much <laughs> as possible. Yeah. <laughs> And we tried to take that same same style to bishops, and it, and it worked well. And like we played on the same lines together, and yeah, yeah it, was, it was a lot of fun. It was first, really cool. uh, my first year was uh, wicked because Joe already established that he was a, a great player and a great goal scorer. The Laloon name was it was it was already established a bit. So like they kind of gave me a, a shot that I don't think I would have got otherwise. Joe always like <laughs> paved the road for me, and then it was. I felt bad always, but like I got to run on the road, you know, I just got a straight line. So he kind of made it way easier my whole life in terms of lacrosse. <laughs> just paving highways for him. Yeah. Trying to run and through then, doors. And then <laughs> me just sprinting behind him. But, uh, so like they gave me lots of great opportunities, like taking draws, being on first line midi. And like, I just ran with that. And the first thing that I did when the guys were like, oh, my God, what is this kid? And <laughs> it was when I, I looked off one of the, the top guys on the team, yeah, Mike Dubay. He was wide open, yeah, but I ripped it and scored. And Not a like, boy. They were like, who is this kid? <laughs> yeah. So that was like my first real exp- like one moment where they were like, oh, okay, he can break too. Moment, but I'm yeah. trying to think, wasn't there a lot of other Nova Scotia guys there on that team? Like, yeah. I'm sure your name was around. Yeah. How many? Yeah. Well, they all came point. in uh, my year, basically. Yeah. So when I, Oh, okay. So you were the first Nova Scotia guy there? Yeah. So when I, well, yeah, when I got there, I didn't know, I only knew Ted Mills, if you remember him, he was at Bishops for a little bit. Well, and I didn't then, know that. And then he ended up, uh, he didn't, I don't think he finished there, but um when i went i went with another guy jeremy newton he was someone that i, I know jeremy I, that i was like doing a lot of these combines and traveling with and mm-hmm. his dad is uh was like a big uh, proponent in dartmouth for lacrosse as well and so we would travel a lot together and we both got exposed to uh, you know the story i was telling about meeting the bishops coaches he was there for that too so jeremy and i went to bishops together i don't think he made it past ad drop um <laughs> just wasn't for him that's okay (laughs) but uh it was a lot of like to be there and then like to go home and and see all these guys that i played lacrosse with growing up and told them you know this is amazing and the guys that i'm playing with are amazing and they were those kind of like 
Orangeville, Whitby, Oshawa, cool. Halton Hills, like all these Ontario guys who are playing in like the best programs growing up are all in the same place in this, you know, little town in Quebec. Um, it just made, it made me better as a, as a player. And like, I got to bring it back to these guys and they saw how much fun I was having. And, you know, I, I did good in my first year and I, you know, was able to score lots of goals and get a lot of playing so we, time and stuff. So we knew that there was an opportunity there and yeah, I pushed it on everybody else too. I said, I'm going here. I like, I know I'm going there. Hadn't even gotten my acceptance letter <laughs> yet, but I knew I was going. So all the other guys, they were like, oh, man, like this looks like a good opportunity. And a That's bunch awesome. of them followed suit. And so I think we at one point there we had again, 16. Joe paving the road for everybody. <laughs> Poor Joe. <laughs> I think we're we, recruiting. I think we had uh, 16 Nova Scotians on a 40 man roster. 16. Yeah, on a 40 man roster. That's, inc- the, that's the year that, that we won. We had six, uh, 16 guys. From that Nova says Scotia. something. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Really cool. I don't know what it says, but it says something. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that I mean, and they all contributed. <laughs> for yeah. the record, yeah. they all played their role. Um, like we had a couple guys from Sackville, Jeremy um, Naughton, and um, Mason Geldart. Mason Geldart, like they were guys from our B, uh, national B team. Really? Yeah. yeah. Was RJ on that team? Yeah. 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 He he's like a stay at home, like long pole defenseman. Um, He's one of Jer- the guys that went Jeremy in with and, Joe in his year. Jeremy and Mason, like they were like short stick defend. Like it's a bit different from the box game, right? Because you have more roles basically. But yeah. everyone on the team had a role, and they all all contributed. And mm-hmm. it was really cool to see this kind of like wave of you know it was your age group of guys come to an established program and step into roles and and play their part and like really contribute not just ride the sideline but actually like stop goals play defense score goals you mm-hmm. know whatever it was that they needed to do and they were all on your that bantam uh team that went out west to oh, yeah. to bc, BC. and that's you know that's where you guys got exposed and great and, tournament by the way yeah yeah and you great got to time. see those guys like you probably there's probably some crossover where like you guys played one of the against, guys one uh, of the goalies uh for team bc Dylan Ward, he played in Orangeville, and I played with him in in Orangeville. Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. We got a picture with them, didn't? Or no, we got no, a pic- we got a picture with the Iroquois team. Yeah, that was a cool thing. That was so cool. I forgot though. That oh man, I remember we got to that tournament early and we saw them practice, and that was my first ever exposure of any lacrosse outside of Nova Scotia. Yeah. And I was, I saw the ponytails and the oh and the wooden shit. sticks and the wooden and sticks. Oh. I don't know if anyone used a wooden stick at that young of an age. It might have been that might might have been my first exposure too to that. Oh, mm-hmm. definitely. I think the only person that would have had one would have been like Wayne Fink. Yeah, at that time. <laughs> yeah, only the old school guys for sure. Yeah, yeah, but they were like they use it. Like it's their stick. So, um, do you think we played against anyone that's in the NLL now in that tournament? Do you know of anyone? Dylan Ward. <laughs> Dylan Ward. Well, yeah, who did he? Who NL. did he play for? He plays for Colorado, and then I think he plays for uh, Denver in the MLL as well. Mm-hmm. There was probably uh, there's probably, there's probably like a, a percentage of, of guys who are at that tournament at that age who are playing pro right now. It's like when I have friends come over and touch the lacrosse, they're like, oh, I, w- I, I could have played uh, lacrosse. I'm the same way, but with the NLL, it's like, I could have been in the NLL. Yeah. I, I can there. tell you a bit about that. Too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> I cut two years ago now, I guess it was. Like I've been um, uh, personal training in Toronto now for the last three years, and uh, I kind of wanted to make a push. I'd been playing. I played senior B um, for the Brooklyn Merchants there, and that was a humbling experience for me 
being like a smaller guy out there definitely like did not have my best season and it was pretty like it was humbling and frustrating but I felt like I could like make a push and and get in better shape and try to like do a tryout for the for the NLL so they do an open combine every year um you, you like pay to go and they do all the like athletic testing vertical jump and oh yeah that stuff's fun to do um but I spend probably like four or five months training at my gym for it and uh like trying to get in the best possible shape that I could and went to the went to the open combine and then there was an expansion team that year was uh or the year before was the New England Black Wolves so they were looking to get some new guys on their team and um they hosted in uh I think Gim anyway it doesn't matter somewhere in <laughs> in, in Ontario Grimsby Ontario and um they had like put on like a, a tryout basically for them. And I get, we got invited out to that. And I felt like I was in like the greatest shape of my life. Like I'd been training like twice a day, like with a coach and nutrition coach and everything like that. And then, uh, went and did the tryout and like, it went pretty good, potted a few goals, you know, played a little bit of transition, played a little bit of defense out there, tried to, you know, show as many skills as I could. Uh, but really, at the end of the day, it came down to what we were talking about before, just exposure reps playing at that high level. So all these guys are the other guys who are at this tryout are also guys who are from, you know, Orangeville and Whitby and Oshawa yeah. and Peterborough. And they grew up just playing at a higher level. They've had more reps at that, at that level. And it just came down to that. They just had more skill yeah. than I did. They weren't necessarily more fit, but there's their skill is inbred at that point. Yeah. Right? They, they just, they just do it. They don't have to think about it there. It's flow state for them. So, but it was a really cool experience. And at, at the end of the day, like I got a lot out of even just doing the tryout and like being able to be out there with those guys. And I, it was a lot of fun and I, there's no regrets there for sure, but cool. Cool to make the effort. <laughs> yeah. Well, just so, being exposed. No, you probably couldn't have gone to the NFL. Yes, I could have. <laughs> <wanted> <laughs> All right. I could I could be there if I wanted to. I, I just want to do a podcast instead. Right. Nice, <laughs> nice, nice. If you guys had to pick, actually, between box or field, what that you, you prefer more, what would you say? Is Everybody that, is it, always asks this question, question, and my answer is always whatever one I'm playing at the time. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good answer. I, I like field more, honestly. Really? Think, yeah, just like the, like the skills that are – like my skills play better to field. I'm not like a big, I'm not a big guy. So I'm like getting banged around a lot in box. And like when I went out and played senior B in Ontario, like everybody there is six, one, six, two. They're all like one ninety to two twenty. Like they're all big boys. And like, I'm just, you know, every game yeah. getting injured, basically coming out with bruises everywhere. And so when I play field, I can use like speed to my advantage. I can use like being a little bit more heads up instead of kind of like rumbling around out there. Mm. So it just plays to my like skill set a bit better and I have a bit more fun playing field, but maybe I'm soft in my old age. <laughs> <laughs> That's true though. Cause, uh, I was always at the perfect height to get cross checked in the head. It happened Thank a you. lot. Yes, Looked you were straight. Yes, you I'd were taking many cross checks to the face. You have. I remember that. <laughs> mm -hmm. I want to tell a funny story about your dad, actually, that I remember for field lacrosse when I was younger, because mm -hmm. lacrosse was still new in the province of Nova Scotia and no one knew the rules, even the refs. So your dad would be like standing on the sidelines and the ref would be like, hey, Mike, 
what's the call there? And your dad would just be like hands in the pocket. He's like, uh, yeah, that's good. Yeah. And like I remember there was one insulting. Yeah. I remember one time there was a, there was an incident where a long pole wanted to take a face off and no one knew if you were allowed and everyone was like, where's Mike? But your, your dad was at the other field. So the ref had to leave the game, run over, go get Mike, and just be like, hey, can you come here for a sec? Is a long pole allowed to take the face off? Yep, he's allowed. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's go That's get the game going. <laughs> so there was a couple funny That's incidences. Jokes. I just remember that one That one in particular. That's yeah, a good really one. funny. Yeah. But it's a different – it is a bit of a different, like, sport. There's definitely a lot of different rules going on. It's a bigger field, a bigger net. There's, you know, more people on the field, more people to manage. But um, – yeah, different skills to to the different different sport for sure. That's uh, so funny though. His his contribution is far reaching. Yes. <laughs> it is master splinter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We kind of joke. At one point, he he grew a mustache and uh, all the Dal. He coached at Dal. He coached their first undefeated season at Dal. Yeah. And um, they've kind of got a they've got an East Coast dynasty going on now. That I think they've got some like 49 wins in a row or something like that dial does yeah yeah they've been crushing it there they have great gear too i love their colors <laughs> they got good kits they got great <laughs> stuff going uh but he grew a mustache at one point and all those guys started calling him master splinter yeah. <laughs> and he kind of is that you know he's got he's got the wisdom and he pushes you yeah. when you need to be pushed and, and even if you go at him he'll just like flip you around and <laughs> you're not going the Bonk, right way whack you on <laughs> yeah, go, the, go the other way yeah actually speaking of other schools uh my friend alex burke played at queens and he used to talk about right. some amazing schools that he used to travel to maybe you guys could talk about some other really nice schools that you guys went to like what nice fields or stadiums whatever you guys played at yeah we actually played against alex burke and mm-hmm. we uh at queens at queens yeah, yeah so we at the end of the game you know we don't we don't chat during the game but mm-hmm. i was the same way by the way yeah, that's all, another thing. always keep it professional on the field can i just stop you field? for a sec yeah, that's another reason why i'm happy to have you guys here as well is because even when we played against each other i never talked to you mm-hmm. and it, it's nothing personal it's just the way i am it's even today i just don't but like we were, to talk we were all the same way it was it's strictly business on the on the pitch and then There's off you, the field yeah. like i'd say hey to you in the rank hey man like how's it going there's some guys that like but. to talk on the there's tons of guys i think that like to talk during the game and i just can't do it, it to it, me it depends whether it's a serious game or not if we're just out like throwing the ball around i'll be like hey like how's it going and, like give yeah me an of extra course little shot yeah. but but like in, at that time when we were playing against each other it was pretty serious stuff we took it so seriously like, for sure yeah so like we all just wanted to be the best we could be and, yeah and that was the well, best way to get better is to take a professional. Exactly. And there was just a part of me that, you know, I'd like to think I'm a personable guy. And I like talking to people, obviously, with the Hopefully. podcast. Love, you Hopefully. know. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a part of me that was like, I know these guys, but I just can't talk to them right now. And I knew when I saw you that time at Stillwell, maybe it was a year ago. I don't know how long yeah. ago it was. Maybe yeah. six months ago. Yeah. Thanksgiving, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw you. I was just so pumped to see you, have a beer with you, and talk to you. You too, because I don't think we've ever really had a you know a conversation in our adult lives. So yeah, yeah it's true. No, it's uh, definitely cool to look back and and see how our friendship started. Because yeah. like at the beginning, we weren't friends. We hated each other yeah. because it was so shitty to play against each other. Yeah, yeah that rivalry I? was there. But now it's like you're it's a fun. grown adult, and so am I. And one of my cool f- one of the funniest back. ones was. Yeah. Like, because uh, R.J. Lawrence is my same age as me. He's a Northwest guy. I was a Southwest guy. So we played against each other always, like all the way up. And I for sure both hated each other mutually the same amount. Hated playing against him. 
I know he hated playing against me to the point where it was like we'd cuss each other out on the floor. Like we, it was, it was rough. Um, <laughs> but then we went to school together. He came to Bishops as well. And it was like a founders, like a Nova Scotia team that we played on and we got closer. And then he ended up coming to Bishops and we we're in the same, you know, first year together. And then like, that's one of my best buddies. We, after, it's funny how that works. Yeah. And we, and like, we obviously have had sat down and had a similar conversation, but we were like, man, I hated playing against you. And he was saying, like, I fucking hated playing against you too. But it just, you know, that's the way it is. Like we took it seriously. We like kind of purposely built up these rivalries to, like you said, like pull other people up, play harder, like go harder, try to score more, try to like blast people as often as possible. And, (laughs) and, uh, it just made it so much more fun. That's what happened at Bishops the year that we won. We had such a huge inter-squad rivalry between the offense and defense. And, like, it would go week to week. The offense would be better this week, and then the defense would step it up. And mm-hmm. then the defense would be better. We wouldn't score any goals during the practice, and then we'd step it up. And that's how we got that much better. But if we didn't have that rivalry, nobody's pushing anybody. But yeah. it, it got, like, it got really heated. serious, like, on the on the practice, like, squad. Yeah. Yeah, and that was intense. that was just flashbacks. RJ played <laughs> played long pole at Bishops, and I played uh, like attack and midfield. So mm-hmm. it was just back to that same rivalry, and just like Dre said, and like the same thing you said, it's like you pull each other up by pushing each other further, right? So mm-hmm. and like we came to blows at certain points in in practices. But you need that. That's that I, means you care. That means like yeah, for sure. If we, yeah, exactly. If we didn't have that. T- type of intensity it would be worse on the other side because you know that guys aren't there and they're not they're not doing the best they're not pushing you hard they're not they yeah like you said like they don't care about getting better mm-hmm. and so for like to be in that that situation it it made a huge difference but like w- one of my experiences at bishops there was this guy nico brands he came in after us he was a long pole guy and he would Every single time we were doing one-on-one drills, he'd always line up against me. Every single time. And I hated it because he was super fast, and I hated playing against him. But I also got better because of him, and he got better because I would get better. So Mm -hmm. it was back and forth, back and forth. Yeah. And talked to him in our last year, and I was like, man, I hated you so much at the beginning. And he was like, I hated you too. (laughs) (laughs) But then we were just really, really good friends afterwards. Like at the end of the – at the end of the day – we're on the same team and, and we just want to push each other to be better. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, playing in, playing in Quebec was an experience for sure. I mean, we were the furthest East team in the like Canadian university field lacrosse league. So we did a lot of traveling okay, back yeah. to your initial question. But, um, so we were all like in my first two years, we, we went as far as Toronto to play UFT. And so that's like an eight hour drive for us mm-hmm. in a bus. And so we got a lot of time on the bus and like getting to know each other better, but we also got to go to all these like different campuses too. And mm-hmm. so, um, in my like year playing at, in Kufla, like we played at U of T played, uh, London and at, uh, Western. Is Western that, nice? I heard Western has a great field. Y- yeah. Gr- like we played at their, uh, we played at both of their fields. We played at this, uh, stadium for th- two of our games two of our games at the nationals mm-hmm. quarterfinal and, the, and then the final did the purple contrast each other yeah so we keep interrupting you but we, we absorbed it we uh, uh there's no mix mix up no we kind we kind of had a like a 
a bit of a running joke that this was it was our field because they everything was in purple <laughs> and like so we were like okay yeah we can do this we're we're at home right now so yeah. and we like to throw this tidbit in that uh, a bishop's graduate started western oh i like that so it is our school it is yeah no, oh but, you're still going with it i yeah. like it <laughs> uh but yeah no so we got to go yeah western queens trent um carlton, carlton uh yeah so like all basically all the major cities like in ontario we we went all through and then our coaches were like our one coach rob is from vermont so we had lots of connections with schools in the in the states yeah in the states like so, so we so, actually so we did a lot of trips down to the states to play against some universities st michael oh, name some nice nice yeah. name some nice uh schools in the states that you went to st lawrence yeah. was really nice where's st uh, lawrence it's uh in upstate new york Ooh. um Really, really nice campus there. St. Mike's we went to as well. Um, that was a cool campus too. There's uh, like buildings or well, residence houses basically all around this little field. That's kind of cool. It's, it's a pretty cool little like squared off area. Yeah. And yeah. it backs onto, onto their like practice and game fields. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anywhere. UVM uh, we UVM went we to. went to a lot yeah. because that was like a close school for us and um they we got we could play them in their fall season ncaa is a bit tighter with like how often you can play and practice when you're not in season so we they would which was like great for us but that we they would use their their games to actually play against us and mm -hmm. it wasn't like a rivalry or anything but it was fun always fun to go down and play them and they were always those, close games and those were still humbling experiences though because we felt like we were on the top of our game because mm -hmm. we were destroying all the teams in our league yeah but then we go down there and they'd beat us and we'd be like shit we we can still get better yeah. yeah so like that still gave us the drive to keep that competition going again you know because cool. if you're just beating all the teams in your area yeah. that's well, it's you're like, like all right sure. we're good well that's great for your school to do that to like take you guys down there and yeah, get that's that all exposure the coach. that's all just the coach, the coach though. Isn't that doesn't have anything <clears throat> to do with the school that's all rob he, well, he making the rob. yeah, yeah big seriously. time he donates so much of his time. Like I don't think he was getting paid for. Well, yeah, that was like one the of first ten the, years that he was doing this thing. The, that was one thing that would like that we we wanted to address with the board of directors that we started was getting this guy some money. Like we were like some of the fees that we'd pay to play went towards gas. Mm -hmm. So he because he lives in Vermont in Burlington, and it's about uh, two like hours. two hours of driving, and we'd practice every day. And he would drive up from Burlington every single day to come and, and coach. Wow. And we all we were doing at that point was like maybe covering his gas. So he was literally donating, you know, almost fifteen Six. to twenty hours a week just driving and coaching. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things we really wanted to address was trying to get this guy some money because we want him to keep coming, but at a certain point, you know, how yeah. much time can you donate? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we started to like try to give him give him a bit of pay and then i think now it's a little bit more compensated yeah. at this point um but yeah but like, it, it it's always been a club team it's never been varsity so we've always paid our team fees at the beginning of the year okay. and that's what goes towards our jerseys and equipment and travel expenses and all that stuff so mm -hmm. it, it's always been the team paying for ourselves okay to, to have a team cool whereas like the football team they get an amount from the school from the uh, the alumni association, basically the oh, alumni okay. association gives them money. their money for their jerseys and equipment and travel and their airplane and their airplane now airplane 
Yeah, now there's a, there's an alumni who who has an airplane and he gave that to the well, he lets them use it basically. Are you because, serious? Because bishops because are in the AUS in, now. Yeah, yeah. So they play against. Wait, bishops is where now? AUS. 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 Sorry. Yeah, so they play against like St. Mary's and they play Acadia and St. Evax. Oh, when did that come in? When did that change? Just last year, I think, was the first year that they did that. So they're they're traveling for all their games like. We thought eight hours to Toronto was bad. They're like getting on a plane every weekend to come, come. But down it's still shorter than eight hours. Yeah, you're getting travel. on a plane. Yeah. yeah, who's that alumni guy? I don't, don't know. know. He's doing well. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> got some Bitcoin or something. Shout out, shout out to Eric. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, does Montreal still have an NLL team? The Montreal Impact? No. Montreal Express. Express was their name, but no, they they don't have a team anymore. No. The Rocks, the Toronto Rock are still there. Do you ever go to any games? Yeah, I've I've been to uh, I've been to a few games that are that they're pretty easy to get to. Good I, fan base still. I think it's it's a, a bit underwhelming for sure. Oh really? Like the the sport is still good and it's it's it is what it always was. They just don't. There's so much going on in Toronto and they don't have a lot of money that they put into promoting it. Yeah, yeah. So I think every year that I've gone, I've seen fewer people at the games, which is disappointing because they have a good team and they do really well, but. There's just like now we have like soccer and there's Blue Jays well, and there's yeah. and there's uh, every sport Maple football. Leaf and there's bat and you know the basketball is doing well so everybody's you know so spread thin on all these other sports in Toronto that lacrosse just kind of falls under the radar like it used to which is it's disappointing. Is it still on TV as much as it used to be though? No, so that's a bit, that that's sucks. the other thing I hate too to is hear like that. Mm-hmm. it's hard to hard to find. Uh, it's easy to get to, but people just don't know when it's happening. And because, um, like in Montreal, we never get any lacrosse games on TV, obviously. Cause really? Yeah. There's. I don't even know if we do here. I'm not. Well, TV is a dying breed itself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there's there's some push from like um, Lacrosse Sports Network. They have like an app on Apple TV and stuff that you can watch the games on, and then. I think there's a few other like they're trying to make a push for it. like the there is an NLL app for whatever like you know apple tv and that kind of stuff that you can watch games on it's like subscription based so there are ways to do it but i don't think the average the average person isn't going to go like download an app to find a sport that they know nothing about right Mm -hmm. so there's no exposure like the best thing that happened to lacrosse was the whatever it was 2001 nhl lockout Mm -hmm. because there was nothing Nothing on and winter time and so like the score had to fill that time slot the, the, easy, the easiest thing for them to fill it with was another sport or darts. <laughs> and so that's where lacrosse got a lot more like TV exposures because they were filling in hockey time slots uh, the year of the lockout. And that was probably when lacrosse was its biggest here. That's when like we had the most teams, when we had the most teams at all these different age groups. Um, and I think that was like the biggest thing that, that happened for lacrosse in, in like these other markets where it's not norm, like it's, it was still a new sport to us. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, that's why there's bowling on and poker on TV still is because of the NH, NHL lockout. Unfortunately, lacrosse is 
not on TV anymore. Yeah, so darts is pretty intense though. Not gonna lie, (laughs) 180s. One of my favorite sports to play when I'm drinking. (laughs) If you see a dartboard (laughs) in a garage and you get going, I'll be there all night. That and pool, (laughs) love it. Well, so how do you like living out in Montreal? You're in Montreal, right? Yeah, I'm just on the South Shore of Montreal. So how do you like living out there? Do you speak French? I do now, yeah. Hey, say, uh, I'm not going to try. Très bien. Say, bien. Oui, ça va bien. Yeah, so that that was a big change, though, for sure. Uh, like, I did a bit of a French immersion, but I never finished it here. And okay. then <laughs> met a French girl. And there you go. Would, that's all, all you need. Yeah. That's all you need. That'll give you the motivation to, to get it done. So, yeah, I'm uh, working as a plumber on the South Shore of Montreal right now. And nice. Yeah, things are going well. Life's looking forward. And so you head back today? I head back tonight, yeah. Right on. Back to work tomorrow. How do you <laughs> feel about uh, who got traded there the other day to Montreal? Domi. Yeah, do you ever for give you... uh, Galchenyuk. Galchenyuk. How do you feel about that? I don't know about that. We'll see. I don't I, know. I don't really... Max is a good kid. He is a good kid. <laughs> I like him. Have you ever trained him? He's a Toronto guy. No, I'd love to. Max, hit me up. Yeah. You, <laughs> we'll do you guys, you guys can plug away right now. Go. You, you we'll, plug away. We'll work you out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <laughs> work you out. We'll work you out. Yeah. yeah, no, I don't know about that. We'll see. But uh, I think that's a bit of a weird trade-off because they invested so much time in Galchenyuk and he's starting to do well now and then they're like uh yeah, I don't know we're gonna take this other guy I didn't even follow Montreal this year I didn't even know how well they to be honest, did I didn't off. watch a single game you didn't go to a game oh man well I guess no. tickets are expensive they are expensive real expensive I am definitely gonna go to a game this year next season <laughs> Got to. <laughs> 2020 plans. We'll give him a chance because uh, I don't know, but I'm pretty sure it's not going very well. Nobody seems to be watching Montreal. from home anyway or at work that nobody's talking about it. Well, so when they suck, the whole city well. doesn't even care about them. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. What about in Toronto? You been to any Leafs games? I've been to two games. Um, luckily, I've got some friends who have some corporate hookups there you go it's always nice to have those friends <laughs> yeah. you get the text friday afternoon hey you want to go to a game it yep. makes a difference because it is impossible to get to a game there not only like when they do they did well this season too so they had so many sold out games that even if i wanted to go you're spending a arm and a leg how much is a beer at that rink eight uh, bucks so i no more <laughs> more than eight bucks uh, it's probably like by the time you're like tax and tip in you know, it's like closer to twenty bucks for mm-hmm. for a big beer, fifteen something. I remember we it costs money to go play, go watch hockey. That's for <laughs> sure. Even like at the Bell Center, it's the same price no matter what it is. So like even concerts and stuff like that. I went to a concert with my brother-in-law. Yeah, bought a round for the three of us, and I had no money left. <laughs> <So> <laughs> I was like, "Well, boys, that was all yeah, my money. That uh, was the round. Somebody else is getting the next round. It's I guess. the corporate experience going to these games, man. <laughs> oh, the yeah, suits." It was, uh, it was really interesting. Like the first time we went, um, my fiance is from Winnipeg, and so I've kind of, be- by survival tactics, have become a Jets fan. <laughs> um, so we got to see them, the Jets play in Toronto f- a couple years ago. Great and, team, and we were like in the in the high seats. Um, but it was a great experience. Everyone like in the stands in that section was like having a good time, and like they're having drinks and stuff. And uh, the second time I went to a game, I was in the lower bowl kind of surrounded by suits and uh they take their time like coming back into the second and third period like the seats aren't full and i always wonder like when i watch the game you see all the like platinum seats and gold seats and they're always empty 
It's like, why are they like, you know, the game's been on for for five minutes in the second period and nobody's back in their seat. Well, I got to experience that on the bottom side. Well, they have like restaurants and bars and all this kind of stuff. So people are, you know, waiting for drinks and having drinks between periods and they're having their drink instead of getting back to the game. And it was a different, it's experience. like a club. It's like a social thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, sure. it's the cool people. You got to be seen there. Well, Drake opened up a, a club in the, in the ACC oh, for Raptors go. games and stuff too. Right. So it, it's, a different sports experience for mm-hmm. sure. The best, like the most recent best sport experience I've had in Toronto though, is the TFC games. That's the, the soccer. I've heard that. It's a blast, man. It's a lot of fun. And the location is great. It's right on the water. It's, it's kind of like the best Toronto experience you can have right now. They won last year, didn't they? Yeah. And they're Were you at the game. No, but oh. their, their team is great. Like, and it's just so much fun. Toronto is so multicultural to begin with. And there's so many soccer fans there that, every like the stadium's packed they added more seats during the pan ams uh two years ago so and it's still packed out and it's just a lot of fun the the environment's really cool they tried to get lacrosse to going in that same stadium in bmo that'd be cool and like same kind of thing like there's no no promotion no exposure to it so that and you know has moved two or three times since being in toronto but yeah i mean tfc is a lot of fun i feel like the soccer matches are the thing to do now because they're not that expensive either. No, tickets are t- is, are really reasonable. And the other sport that is new to Toronto too is uh, rugby with the Wolf Pack. So that's something I want to check out too in to this season. There's a isn't there a team in Montreal MLS? Yep, the Impact. The Impact. Yeah, there, that's yeah. where I was. Yeah. The name was and I, from. I've been to one of those games. It's a lot of fun. Right? I've been to one too. The the blue seats right in the stadium. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a great time. It's great, and they got the big old bell. Do they? I don't remember that. They must not have scored that game. I don't I was <laughs> well the thing was I went to the game I didn't not for this reason but I got a ticket and the ticket if you were over 19 or 18 whatever the drinking age is there you got a free hot dog and a beer with the ticket <laughs> perfect sold yeah we're walking absolutely. by it was like yeah we'll go nothing yeah. to do it was great That's there's perfect. a soccer team here in Halifax now oh yeah the Wanderers uh, or no the ground the Wanderers I think they're called they're over by uh you know like um, the, the horse track, grounds? the horse track race over there. What do you say? <laughs> the Wanderers Ground. Yeah. The, <laughs> oh, maybe is that what it is? Is that <laughs> what it's called? I'm know. not sure. But that's they, they used to play lacrosse there. Actually, it's right next to like the museum. They put uh, up like oh, pop yeah, up yeah, stadium. Yeah, yeah, I know. Where you're yeah, that's so. Our dad is actually working on. We're just consulted on that. So this coming weekend, they're doing a Canada U.S. rugby game there. Yeah. Oh. And there's so. a bunch of stadiums. There's a like pop-up stadiums all around it. I think yeah. that's what it's for. That's it's, what it's, yeah. It's uh, next weekend, I believe. And then I think, oh, the, well, there you go. And then I think the soccer will go in there after, but that's something that if you're in Halifax next weekend, you should be going to check out because that Canada kind of exposure, US. if you like, if you like any sport period, like going to see Canada and U.S. play rugby, that's a big it's going to be huge. Yeah, so to be able to see like those guys at that top level play a different sport that's a little bit niche and and um that's good exposure to to a great sport and a, too. And a high caliber like they're very obviously they're good players if they're playing yeah. for Team Canada and Team USA yeah. so so why not go out and check it out? I When's think. the game? Next weekend. Yeah, next sat- Saturday maybe. That would be good content to go do like street interviews like talk to people Absolutely. about it. Absolutely. That could be good. Yeah, yeah. for sure. I would set right down downtown, so why not? Is it so it's just one game? I think so, yeah. That'll be sick. But it's like uh fifteen aside, like full full style rugby, so I've never seen a rugby game. Go check it out, dude. That's now's the time to do it. I will. Everyone else listening, make sure to go do it as well. <laughs> we didn't even get to any questions that I guess we got to most of them. <laughs> I didn't even look at this piece of paper. 
Uh, I wanted to talk about Brazil. I've always wanted to go to Brazil. I know you guys spent time there. How sick was Brazil? It was amazing. It was, it was a great experience for sure. A like, lot of like when I listen to mainstream media talk about Brazil, I hear like poverty and it's dangerous and things like that. But I don't listen to mainstream media as much these days. So maybe well, you guys could give well, me a firsthand experience of what it was like. When we were there, there was a lot more security going around because they were leading up to the the Olympics, which yeah. makes a lot of sense. But um, it's like anywhere. If you're not paying attention, yeah. somebody's somebody will try and steal your gold chain or whatever you're wearing. Yeah. But if you're paying attention and don't be f- super flashy and like Stick showing to- off, of, like taking out a wad full of money, it's like <laughs> just don't be an idiot. Essentially, it's just smart we, like, we didn't have any issues at all yeah. while there. Yeah, and I get I get to go down twice, and like the first time I went, I went by myself, and my parents were there. So, but I like I went to the beach by my by myself, and then went again with uh, with Mika, and we never had any issue. But it's just that it's like you know you're traveling you're in a foreign place you don't smart. speak their language mm-hmm. like have your head on a swivel <laughs> yeah don't pull out wads of cash like just be smart don't be don't be an idiot and like we obviously the people there are so nice i was gonna say how are yeah. the people they're, they're nice so people. nice and like they they'll try and communicate they don't speak much english either yeah but they'll try and communicate and all you need to know is cappy vodka is on the beach are really cheap and really Drink good a lot so. of uh, but no, like it was, it's an amazing place. And like the landscape is gorgeous and like the people are, are super amazing. And if you get a chance to go, you should definitely go. There's obviously like kind of ebbs and flows to their, their government and their safety and stuff like that. Cause they're technically second world, I guess. But, um, the, like, it was such a great experience to be able to travel that far south and like and we were right down that. by Impanima Beach, which is one of the main beaches. There's Copacabana Impanima? and okay. Impanima. Like the girl. Like the girl, girl from, from Impanima. Impanima song. I don't know. You're over my head. I don't All get right. that. Okay. Well, YouTube it. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna sing it for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Did you guys go up and see the Jesus guy? The the yeah. Jesus. With Christos. His? Yeah. Christos. Yeah. That's his name. Yeah. How was that hike? It was. Uh, there were a lot of people. Obviously, yeah. it's a big travel spot, but oh, yeah. it was still really cool to go up there. They, they we drove up uh, in a jeep and cool and drove us up right to the top, and then got off and walked up right next to them. Yeah, I think one of the best things you can do traveling is is to get on any kind of tour because mm-hmm. they're gonna expose you to obviously like all these big spots that you want to see anyway. And you just I we anywhere I go, I usually end up doing that because you just get to all the main spots in like one day or one afternoon, whatever it is. And we did that. I did that with Mika when I was there and we went everywhere that we wanted to go, hit all the main spots. And then because our parents had been there for a long time, like my dad was there for four years by the end of it, we were able to like, if we wanted to see something in more detail, we could go back. Mm -hmm. We got to, we drove up the coast to Buzios, which is like North of, uh, of Rio think and uh that don't don't quote me on that don't quote me on that you look at a map (laughs) um but that was like a whole different experience and like it's an old fishing village um and it was amazing like it was so everything is so lush there in the water is like so blue and i love talked about surfing and that was one like you surf I, i got into surfing a little bit that's one of the places that i the first place i ever surfed was in brazil so that's an experience, uh, but it was amazing. And like, I'm getting a surf lesson from a guy who speaks Brazilian Portuguese, and it was a lot of hand signals and like a lot of water in my mouth. But it was, a, it was. You try. A, you got up there. Oh yeah. Well, I got up on the first try. 
<laughs> there you go. Obviously. <laughs> did you propose to your wife in Brazil? I did, yeah. I was going to say, I saw a picture of you on your knee and some palm trees and a beach. I was like, wait a second. It might, it's coming full circle. He was, he was tying What's his going shoe. On here? He was tying his shoe. Yeah. There yeah, you go. So, so uh, like, I had already kind of known that I was going to propose in Brazil, but I didn't know where. Like, I didn't have it all planned out. Yeah. And uh, my dad said, hey, like, let's go to this local beach. It'll be a little bit less touristy, less people walking around and all that. So... We went up to this uh, this local beach, and there was just big mountains filled with trees in the background. And then you look out on the beach, and it's just water forever until the skyline. Deadly. And I was like, man, this is pretty cool. And I told my mom, and I was like, this is where I'm going to ask. And she was like, oh, this is so exciting. You know how my mom is. So, uh, so then, like, we were about to leave, so we packed up all our stuff. My mom told my dad, and then they were like, oh, like, let's get a picture before. And so yeah. Julie and I stood on the side, and my dad and my mom both had their phones out, and she was like, why are they both taking a picture? <laughs> and then Exposed. And then yeah, my, way to blow it. And then da- my dad was like, all right, we're good. And then, uh, so I pulled it out on a knee. Didn't say much because I was super shy saying it in front of my parents, but (laughs) got the words out. Will you be my wife and marry me? So some combination of those words. Yep. Luckily, there were waves in the background, so you can't hear me in the video. There you go. Was it just a simple "Will you marry me?" or did you be like, were you like, you know, actually, actually, there was no big speech. No big speech. The big speech was planned, but didn't (laughs) end up happening. (laughs) (laughs) I said to do it afterwards. Yeah. That a boy. Yeah, got it done. And yeah. you're you're getting married soon. Yeah, end of August. Congratulations, sir. Sh- sir, where Thank are you guys you. getting married? Uh, Brockville, Thousand Islands. Uh, Mika's dad has a their family home is there. Deadly and um, wicked. Yeah, so it's a bit of like a destination wedding for our our guests to fly into Ottawa or drive down from Toronto, but um, it's a beautiful spot. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Right on the they're right on the St. Lawrence, like on the water. Awesome. Yeah, you said in August. End of August, yeah. Great month. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be like we pick the end of the month. It's always deadly, like dead calm there and nice and warm, and um, that it's going to be a good weekend for sure. All right. So Joe tried to one up me and asked in Barbados because I doing, asked him. Man? Just let him have his glory. <laughs> it's all right. Brazil. I beat him to the punch. So. This is the only time he's ever paved the road for me. So <laughs> I let him. <laughs> <laughs> That's that well played. Well, man proposing in hot uh, climates is great because now you guys have like a connection back to these places yeah you just you keep going, going back, back there anytime yeah exactly pro, That's pro tip yeah <laughs> yeah pro tip exactly propose in hot climate so you can go back there yeah. where you go do you got a honeymoon planned out or anything yeah we're doing uh portugal morocco portugal. and barcelona barcelona is my favorite place to go in the world uh Parch- portugal is my dad's favorite place Has, mm. have you been to portugal never i hear it's all incredible. new spots for me Oh, Barcelona. You'll love Barcelona. Yeah. Are you guys going right after the wedding? Uh, no, like a month after. Still. Yeah. Incredible. Mm. September's a great month. And Morocco. We're looking forward to that. That's going to be amazing. Deadly. All right, fellas. We're running up on an hour here. So I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. I know you guys leave today. So yep. squeezing me in. I appreciate it. Of course, man. Um, yeah. When you guys, when are you guys coming back? I don't know. Nothing planned yet. It's kind of a busy whirlwind of a summer. So we'll try mm. to get back whenever we can, honestly. I might be back at the end of... Or yeah, end of July, maybe. We'll okay. see. I have two weeks off uh, from work, so we'll see what happens. Well, if I'm ever up in Montreal or Toronto, I'll bring the mics up. We'll do it again. Do Definitely, it yeah. Sounds yeah, good. Sure. All right, well, everyone listening, I appreciate the support. If you could go to all of our social media accounts, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud, iTunes, like, subscribe, comment, I would appreciate it. I love you guys. We're out.